Welcome to the Independent Artist Podcast, sponsored by the National Association of Independent Artists. Also sponsored by Zapplication. I'm Will Armstrong, and I'm a mixed media artist. I'm Douglas Sigworth, glassblower. Join our conversations with professional working artists. Well, hello, everybody. We are back here on the podcast airwaves, and Will is in Santa Fe. How are you doing, my friend? I, I am. Yeah, I'm back. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, back home. it's been a little bit of a whirlwind here trying to get back, but um, yeah, here I am. Here you are. I saw you at the last show with your whole life shoved into a trailer and in St. Oh, Louis yeah. on the streets I, of St. Louis. <laughs> sorry, uh, Sarah Umloff. I used my free parking pass to park my belongings for the entire weekend <laughs> there in the artist parking um, it looked just like an artist vehicle, and it had the the pass, but uh, it had my dirty undies and and uh, stereo equipment and all that good stuff. So, um, yeah, it was funny though. I was able to help out a good friend, Allison Antelman. Oh, sure. Needed a, a a tent and and some display stuff, and you know, I don't know if you've ever gotten help from somebody, but you're always you always feel a little bit at their mercy, and. Mm -hmm. uh, Allison was like, oh, my gosh, thank you so much. And I'm like, Allison, I could literally set up like four booths right now. Like you don't even I could, I could build a house here if you want. Like I could I could do I've got some lumber. Yeah. Um, yeah, I had I had everything. So uh, oh. happy to help out uh, as I could. If anybody had needed anything there at St. Louis, I was like, oh, you need an extra set of weights. How about a craft hut from 2002? Would you like? Some cleaning products. All sorts of crap in there, huh? Everything. <laughs> Everything under the Everything. goddamn sun. So, Well, the show hotel where we stayed, that parking lot, you know, that's attached to the hotel, that is yeah. one tight parking area. And I saw so many artists, myself included, having to do that van shimmy, you know, where you yeah. have to kind of do the forward three inches, back five inches until oh, you can get dance. into that spot. <laughs> <laughs> for sure it's a dance i looked out my hotel window i was staying in the same spot and i saw uh the crowning jewel of parking spot for trailer owners like oh. you know the spot that i'm talking about the one that's lined up with the exit so that it's a clear shot absolutely I, I was in the hotel just standing there and looking out the window and in, in uh in what what i wear to bed and uh it's it's an undies theme today okay. so far i don't know where this is going but i'm right. <laughs> um, standing there looking out the window tempted to moon rob matthews uh as i see him moving his van and and then i'm i realize that that the golden spot is available so i'm pulling on my jeans like marty mcfly and just taking off running down the hall and before somebody else nabbed it right <laughs> oh my god yeah but it was it was like it was amazing because everybody was leaving to try to go set up. So that's when I moved my, my trailer in to kind of slide in since it didn't have the art stuff in it. Yeah. But yeah, so I got the uh, the coup de grace, the, the, the crowning jewel of, of trailer parking. And man, that, that parking lot is tricky. It was. Yeah. Well, speaking of St. Louis, how did it all go for you? Was it uh, what was it like this year? Uh, you know, it's it's expertly run. Um, mm -hmm. Last year I took notes. I I. I took notes on what they were looking for from me and, hey, I really loved this style and, and et cetera, this theme. Mm. And so I made sure that I had I was ready. And those were the pieces that they could not have been less interested in. Oh, my God. That, you turned yourself into a pretzel. You show up and it's like, darn. <laughs> I guess. You know, I mean, that's always the way. It's the Murphy's Law. Everything that you prepare for in this business is not going to be what, what, you know, you're going to sell your older work or you're mm. going to sell this or that if you prepare. I don't know, but I, I still feel good. It left me feeling good with the body of work that I have left. Cool. And I had a, I had a decent enough uh, weekend monetarily. So, so that well, works. Did you happen to know that there is a Chihuly exhibit in St. Louis this week? <laughs> you know, you, you might be surprised to find out that I don't really give a shit. <laughs> Well, I heard about it nonstop. Everyone walked in the booth and said, oh, you might want to know this. There's a Chihuly exhibit here. That's hilarious. <laughs> they just kind of assume he is your god. But, you know, actually, I don't I don't I don't mind Chihuly. Uh, no, I think it's I, no, and I don't either. Stuff. But it's one of those things where when you hear it, you know, nonstop. But oh, yeah. I, I have to say, because of that exhibit, we had a phenomenal show. I mean, nice. glass was on everyone's mind. So we did we did really well. 
Oh, that's interesting. I wonder if that, yeah, that's that's really cool. It was in the news and yeah, like you said, on people's minds. That's fan- yeah. that's so, fantastic. I'm glad to hear it. Yeah, it was, it was pretty cool. It had kind of an interesting situation I wanted to talk about with a commission, a potential commission, where okay. somebody walked in our booth and they saw one of our more substantial pieces and sure. their reaction to it was, oh my God, this is perfect. This is exactly what I want. I've been looking forever for it, blah, blah, blah. So to me, it felt like it was going to be an easy across the finish line kind of thing. Yeah, definitely. So we we had a Zoom meeting this week. And when we got to talking, this perfect thing started to evolve in their minds. Mm, okay. <laughs> Which, I mean, I understand that collectors are going to like, you know, they want something particular and specific or whatever. But yeah, enough time had gone by that they were now starting to dream up variations of the theme. Uh, this is perfect as long as you do it this way and you do it this this kind. And you uh, did, and do you do little angels? Can you put angel wings on these? Well, <sighs> yeah, I, I know I, the type. I, I don't want to get down on it because I mean it's not it's not necessarily out of of the conversation yet. But what I wanted sure. to to kind of talk about with it was as the conversation was starting to stray more and more away from what we do. Right. I started to feel that pressure to kind of chase that, like to make them happy. And to kind of turn myself into knots and and say, well, I can do that, I can do that, I can do that. And then it kind of settled in over me, like, you know, the complications of trying to make this piece that they're envisioning that is different than what they saw is Mm -hmm. not going to make them happy, ultimately. And I don't think I'll be successful at it. And it's, you know, time and energy into something that didn't necessarily feel authentic anymore. So, right. Did it uh did it happen to match up with somebody else that you know? Uh it, could you could you kick them to somebody else? Not anyone that I know that's a contemporary, but okay. you know some of the okay. bigger name type people out there that that the people might know and you know that sort sure. of thing. So I had one in Cherry Creek come by and they were like, "Oh my gosh." And you know, and if you know my work, I work mostly in in black and white. I've started sprinkling in a little bit more color here and there. But um I think I've told this before, but, you know, it it made me feel really good. They were talking about, oh, my gosh, I love your work. Uh, can you do something a little bit more brightly colored and mm. uh, more mid-century modern? And mm. I'm like, uh, you have you met the Grostrofinkos? Because <laughs> <You know laughs> right. they're right around the corner and they probably already have that in their booth. So okay. um, why don't you just go down there? And, you know, it's it made you feel good because all of a sudden I don't have to do a commission that is out of my wheelhouse that's going to take me 10 times longer that, mm-hmm. you know, the client and the artist may not necessarily be happy with. So why not give them to somebody that that can nail that look? Yeah. Well, in this case, I tried to keep them invested in what they originally were feeling that enthusiasm towards. That was real. When they walked in and saw what we do, Sure, that, that was real. So I was trying to walk the line with keeping boundaries with what we're willing to do, but then, you know, also not losing the sale. So I don't know. We'll see what happens down the road. It's going to involve more conversation and everything. Yeah. You know, uh, a mark of highly successful people is saying no. (laughs) So you could always do that, too. Sometimes I don't want to do those commissions, but I I hear you working towards it and that that works for you, too. Um, Yeah. All right. What is uh, what what's next for you? Are you are you going back to Plaza? Next weekend? We are. We're getting ready for the Plaza Art Fair in Kansas City. But it really is starting to feel like we're wrapping up this year. We just have two more shows. So we have Plaza next week, and then we don't have a show till November. And that's that's it for 2023. And I'm so excited about it. Yeah, I'm ready to put a fork in it. But I've, I've backloaded my year, so I'm not quite ready. Mm. Uh, well, that'll be interesting. That I, I'll see it in La Quinta. I've never done that show. I've never, never shown. I haven't. I haven't shown in California since the third year, I think, of this body of work. So it's been like mm. nine years since I've been to California to show. So Oh, wow. Um, and I mean, it's I've right a, there. You're not that far from that uh, Southern well, now, California. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I'm only 10 or, 10 or 12 hours, and it's a pretty easy drive here from New Mexico, just driving across Arizona and through the desert and up through Bakersfield so or down. I'd not that that would be Sausalito. I don't know. 
Mm-hmm. I just wanted to say Bakersfield because the last <laughs> time I drove, I got to see Merle Haggard Highway, and that made me happy. Awesome. That's great. <laughs> it's, it's the little things, Douglas. It's, it's the little things that mean a lot. Hey, so speaking of California, this kind of worked out interesting. So one of our other kind of interactions with a collector, a sale that we made that I thought was kind of an interesting, it kind of pushed them over the finish line, was they didn't right really on. want us to ship this piece to them. They they were hoping it could just kind of arrive at their door. Right. They bought it in St. Louis, but their other home is in Denver. So Denver is yeah. on the way to this other show we're doing in, in Southern yeah. California. And when I told them about the kind of the lineup, they were like, done, pulled out the credit card, said, let's do it. But it made me think about a shift that's kind of been happening with how I collect customer names this year. I'm finding that I have collectors that I'm seeing at multiple events, at multiple homes that they have throughout the country. Nice. And so I'm kind of stopping the whole idea of categorizing by show and only saying, I'm going to send my emails to the people in St. Louis or my people so in you're, wherever. So you're saying that there's something to the fact that I just take, I just have one mailing list and everybody, it's like if I'm showing an artist fear, then the people in Denver are getting a, an email. Is that what you're saying? It's it's okay. I, I'm saying you're finally in style, Will. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Yes. The second home uh, people. All right. That, that's it, good. Yeah. I'm treating it like more like um, quarterly newsletters. You know, yeah. and giving a list of shows I'll be at and and that's and great. kind of things you know, we're working on. So that's kind of a different approach than what we've done. Speaking to that, the um, I had a, a client that came to see me in St. Louis that that bought something for me that, again, they were uh, mailing list because they were in St. Louis to see Guns N' Roses. So um, oh, they had right. come down from from Chicago. So if I'd batched it, um, but it would have probably been in the Midwest batchery. But Axel got sick, so they didn't get to see it. So they got to go to the art show anyway. So also oh, they came um, specifically for that, but then last minute the concert was canceled. Correct. That oh. is correct. Serendipity, right? They show sure. up at your door. <laughs> yep. So the thing I loved about this past weekend was the crowds were huge. The energy they was were. on point. I mean, it was just like massive. It was great. Yeah. St. Louis had been waiting for a nice weekend. It had been in the hundreds previously. So we really both dodged a bullet and and the community was ready for sure. Definitely. Yeah. I was so, so happy to have that coming off of some of these shows that had kind of a different energy to them. And there was a show earlier this season where there was just this big kind of lull where there weren't too many people walking through. And I had this customer walk by and she looked at us sitting there and kind of looking out at an empty aisle. And she gave me that look, Will, that, that, that will, (laughs) that look of pity. (laughs) Oh, you get a big frowny. You get a, oh, I'm sorry. Douglas. Yeah. So she walks up to me, gets really close. And I think she feels the need to give me this pep talk and, she pats me on the oh, shoulder God. and she says, it's okay. You're going to be very <laughs> successful someday. Oh, brutal. <laughs> God damn. I had a, uh, I, I've got a good friend, a dear friend in Richmond, Virginia, who's a very successful landscape architect. Yeah. And um, she was running a, a crew and they were redoing the community uh, median kind of project okay. right around it's like a whole planting thing it was right around the spring and right down near city hall and they're doing this like a multi i don't know i don't want to say millions but it was a lot of money and putting all this stuff into a, a sprucing up the city for the spring and uh-huh. um, somebody rolled their window down and said should have stayed in school <laughs> crew just busted out laughing but uh, it sounds a lot like that you should have stayed in school douglas oh uh. Well, I wasn't sure if somehow she had like these like psychic abilities, if she was like a Sylvia Brown or something. And oh, she yeah. maybe had she had a vision and she just saw like these big, you know, pie in you're the sky it, kind kid. of things for me or whatever. I don't know. Yeah. Never know. You're, you're going to make it one of these days. Just stick with this thing. You'll be all right. <laughs> it was pretty funny. So Yeah. I, it's funny. You were talking about collectors and, and multiple shows in different cities and that does get me back to uh, the fact that there are people that uh, are art show fans. And I feel mm. like that used to be a thing that would happen with the Florida circuit mm. and folks would go down and, and you know, if they weren't into the beach, they'd go and, and they'd run around to the, the, the Florida circuit. 
Which, like every uh, 20 miles you're talking or what? <laughs> oh, yeah. You can't throw a rock. Um, but yeah, but I, I, you know, it's funny. I actually have applied. I said I would never do it again, but since I moved to New Mexico, but I actually did apply. We'll see if I could make it work. But I did apply to some Florida shows this year. I, I find myself in the doldrums of winter kind of wishing that I had. And so let's... Let's give uh, Will Armstrong art some some options, right? Let's, there you let's go. see what we can do. I think I spent a fair amount of time at my computer screen yesterday getting those Florida applications in, too, which I'm sorry. I, I, did, I didn't want to deal with it. It's been like one of those things that I'm like, I can't focus on next year when we're still in the throes of this crazy year, you know? Uh-huh. And there you go. I mean, a deadline was coming due, and that kind of... That peeled off the Band-Aid, and I, and I got those applications in yesterday. I, uh, I started a bunch, and mm-hmm. I went back, and yesterday I looked at them. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like my eggs. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you, you start the application, and it logs you into your location, so it doesn't— Even if I finish one that's due tonight by midnight, uh, today, the fact that I started it like a month and a half ago, okay. it, it makes it look like I finished. Once that zap thing batches, that's how it, it comes into the list, isn't it? Do I understand that correctly? Oh, are you saying like the order of it's how it's being shown? Yeah. Oh, I you know I don't know because every show has the option to show the category randomly or to do it as they're submitted. Uh, don't tell me that, baby. Come I don't on, know. I don't want to hear that. I really no, don't. Know. I can't hear that. Yeah. No, it's all. I I did a good job. I did a really good job. You are That's good, the way it goes. Good boy, Will. Good boy, That's Will right. Armstrong. I did a good job. Atta I boy. Oh. <laughs> Fuck, I can't do it. I don't want to do any shows anymore. Watch it. I'm not going to get into any. Like, I heard your podcast. You don't want to do any shows. We'll help you out with that one. Mm. Yeah. (laughs) So, hey, so, uh, you know, getting home from a run of shows like this and getting all moved in, what what does that kind of look like for you? I mean, I've thought about this. I wonder if some artists, if they get home from a a long week or, or, you know, busy run of shows... Do they just like leave everything in the van and just take a couple of days off or do you just like hit the ground running? I mean, I don't know. I had uh, I had to set my studio up. So in order to I had to come back and I left it a dump. Mm. Typically, I like to clean kind of clean house before I leave. But I, it was a scramble to get out of here. And so it all fell on the studio. So I, I literally had paint in like stagnant cups. And I mean, it was pretty nasty when I got in here and. Did so it, yeah, I did it look like you that got a, a bomb threat warning and you had to evacuate the building immediately? <laughs> it's more like hobos, honestly. It just looked like a boxcar. Just yeah. pretty pretty nasty. So yeah, I, I set my studio up and typically I will leave everything in the van. Just I treat the van as a storage facility. I never I never unpack. I was curious if, if your about, work can sit in the in the van and if it gets damaged, it's fine in there. I, yeah, it doesn't get damaged. I keep it all varnished and everything. It's not like it's temperature controlled, but I keep it all tight. So hopefully it doesn't warp. Mm-hmm. But um, no, I don't I don't take anything out. I typically leave it besides laundry. You know, there's the dirty undies theme of the of the broadcast. <laughs> Circling back. <laughs> uh, it's all coming full full. It got a little recall action as the as the comics. I think like Will has say. dirty undies on today, everyone, because he keeps talking about the dirty undies. No, I'm, <laughs> I've not even got a solo commando thing happening. It's not pleasant. But uh, there's back to the disgusting banter. Um, man. Or nauseating banter. Nauseating, that's yes. Said. Yes. That's... Wouldn't you love to meet that lady on the road? Yeah. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Not so much. No, I mean, typically, if I have like more than more than four or five days, I feel like I can knock a painting out. So, um, mm-hmm. I, but what I found is that the kids have so many activities and they're in opposite parts of the city. Like I'm 20 minutes, nah, I'm 30 minutes into town during rush hour mm-hmm. and then 30 minutes back it's also during rush hour and no kid is synced up like mm-hmm. they got to go home and then get to volleyball like there's a two-hour break so mm-hmm. you got to get them home and they and one can take the bus and get home but then you got to get out there to get her which is the opposite time of picking up the other one from cross country and mm-hmm. it's i cannot wait until my kid can drive because wow. it's making me insane. Is like that around just... the corner? Is it coming up or how old is she? Uh, she's 15. She just got into driver's ed training. So she'll oh. get her, she'll get her learner. So she's, uh, 
uh, nine and a half months until she can she can drive on her own. So next year, but, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, next summer she can get her driver's license and and good God. I mean, I, rem- I remember those around. days you get home and it's all about family again. And then the whole juggling of because our show life, it occupies so much energy and focus, you know, when we go off to these Kinda. shows. And yeah. then it's almost like we have to almost we forget about the stuff at home and then you get home and then it's like you've got all of it. You've got your art, your work, and then you've got. The yeah, regular I'm stuff. spending about four hours in the car a day. I'm not kidding. Like four hours of driving, drive time. I've, I've already burned through, in three days, I've burned through a full 30-gallon tank of diesel. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, wow. I'm, I'm, uh, yeah, it's four hours a day, so an hour in the morning, and then the, the activities. Uh, there's no carpooling. I don't know a single one of their friend's parents. They're like, give me your friend's pair. I don't have their number. <laughs> yeah, uh, right. Convenient. <laughs> <laughs> There's no carpooling today. It's just a nightmare. Just everybody driving all at once. Oh, you're saying like in this day of raising kids that people just don't carpool? I mean, no, not at all. Nobody, nobody ever. It's it's one parent and one kid and there's nobody works together. It's just a nightmare. That's just probably because I just don't know anybody. Yeah. Uh, Well, our kids hated the idea of riding the bus. And we were like, you are taking the bus because literally, I mean, you can get a one piece made and you have to turn around. Your day is already about uh, being a taxi. Yeah. I hate riding the bus. Well, guess what? I hate you not riding the bus. <laughs> exactly. And my hate is so is advanced adult hate and it <laughs> trumps your child hate. And so you get to get on that goddamn bus. I actually uh, succumbed to that whole thing. And I was like. I don't know what I thought it was going to turn into West Side Story and they're take a shiv. Uh, but they I was like, oh, you don't want to put him on the bus. And I was like, why, why the hell not? <laughs> Unfortunately, like, yeah. they do al- after school activities and they can't ride the bus because there's no bus a- that's picking them up from from sports. Mm-hmm. You know, so you want them to do sports and music, but then you got to That's where it, you got to give them a ride. It sucks. Yeah, it sucks all the time. My backdoor neighbor at the last show was Steve Uren. Uh, oh, yeah. Was talking Steve about great. was talking all about that whole juggling of kids and show life and how hard it is to like get home and you know you don't have the time to recoup <laughs> from your weekend and you are oh, a no. full on parent. You know, and what you just described yeah. is is the total stress that we all go through. Absolutely. And also the fact that, you know, being a divorced parent and mm-hmm. sharing the kids with their mom, when we have them, it's all of a sudden it's like go time all the time. Mm-hmm. And same thing for her. And it's like she's got to be the one, you know, and Definitely. it's just a it's a it's a different kind of juggling. Looking back on your conversation you had last season with Annie Bassoni. And you were saying mm-hmm. it's like, you. All, I mean, I can remember the conversation where you were saying that when you have your kids, it's almost like your art time gets really squished, you know, and when oh, they're gone, definitely. you can be really productive in the art business. But otherwise, it's all about dad, you know, dad time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that that is the case. Luckily, I mean, I did get a studio downtown mm-hmm. so that I can at least get an early start. Mm-hmm. But man, uh, it, that is the case. I, I feel for the the parents out there who are who are doing the juggling and especially the double uh, artist parents mm-hmm. too. you know, the the Jason Brex and Katie Harold's of the world who have young kids who are getting ready to, to, to start school mm-hmm. and and things like that. So I uh, heart goes out to them as well as me. My heart goes out to me, Douglas. You first I'm and everyone else second, right? <laughs> yeah. Move to a town that has a kid Uber. The They've kid. got something they're working on. Are they, they really? Is that the, a thing? The, yeah. I, you know, I'm not sure it's it's set up everywhere yet, but I think in some of the more major things, they, they vet the drivers. So they're not just like, Mm, free kids. Yeah, you call like the Boy Scouts of America, right? <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, that's a nightmare. Good Lord. Well, the other thing about being neighbors with Steve that I thought was really cool um, is he started doing this thing with his neighbors where he'll do this collab thing. And him and I did that this past weekend where he would do stuff on social media where he would showcase one of his cabinets with, um, you know, a collection of our glass on top. 
And that had kind of an interesting reaction. We had a lot of people see our work who wouldn't normally have seen it, you know, through his followers. And the same with me, people seeing his work who are our followers. Yeah, that's smart. That's really cool. Yeah. So shout out to him. It was his suggestion. And I, I really am happy that, you know, that we did that. Was that just a social media post or did he have one of your pieces in his booth? We did a collaborative post that we sent out to all of our followers that then get shared. And he has his um, his one of his older daughters work on that. So she kind of is in the loop on how to get that stuff out there. I think some of us 50 year olds are still feeling like we're trying to figure that whole system out. I don't understand (laughs) What's the difference between a reel and a story? <laughs> I actually don't know. I'm making, you know, Rip Van Winkle voice, but that's that's because I have a long white beard. I don't understand it. Yeah. Um, but no, I just, you know, I just I just push buttons wildly when I'm I'm uh, doing that. Yeah. I'm doing a, a reproduction. I've been calling. I shouldn't have done this. Here's I'm going to own this one. Okay. okay. I am a huge collector of uh, printmaking. Right. I love lithography and and lino cut and real wood cuts oh nice and you know the harmstons and i I mean all sorts of people i don't want to just get off into to listing but right um my wife and i are both big fans and we collect it Mm -hmm. so it's pretty shitty when you go out and you call your reproductions prints oh um, yeah right you know you're not supposed to you're supposed to call it reproductions and i i typically do but just add to the confusion (laughs) You do. You know, it's it's like, well, I pressed print. It's a print. F you. Uh, no, you can't do it. But I just did it. So okay. I just did that on Instagram. Um, I did a big reproduction drop. But OK, I'm going to ask you a question. Just yeah. just aesthetically. OK, okay. Uh, as you're a radio guy now. I, right? I, I, I guess so, I've officially dipped my toe in the water. Absolutely. OK, you're, you're a recording artist. OK, so uh, what sounds better as far as like alliteration and kind of little your onomatopoeia? OK. Reproduction drop or print drop? Of course, print drop. Print drop I mean, sounds, just, sounds rock and drop. roll. Yeah, for sure. Print drop 2023 in your face. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, it just it looked better. It sounded better. Reproduction. Uh, it's got three syllables. So sorry. Sorry, Carol Swayze. It <laughs> sounds like a robot, you know? <laughs> yeah. Reproduction. Like you are a robot, you goddamn machines. That's what they're thinking out there. So I apologize in advance, but I did a, a big thing. And updated my uh, website and called it a big print drop because I'd been lazy and had not put any of my reproductions on there. Well, it got me excited. So. I mean, um, it's, it, I've got some of mine picked out. And I, any listeners out there want to check out your print drop? Oh, go online don't do that. I didn't pay for any advertising. Go online <laughs> and get it. It's a good deal. <laughs> it's good work. Right. It, is, <laughs> it is 20% off. This episode of the Independent Artist Podcast is brought to you by Zap the digital application service where artists and art festivals connect. So I've started using the events list feature in Zap to search up some different shows to fill those holes in my schedule. You know, I feel like I should have something to say, but I wasn't really listening to you because I'm looking at the events list right now. (laughs) That's pretty cool. Okay. (laughs) Okay. So you drop the menu down and there at the bottom, go scrolling all the way. About third thing down in the smaller print, it just says events list. That's right. All of the shows appear here regardless of their application deadline. You can use the filtering and the sorting to narrow down your search so that you can find that right show that fills your desired time frame or location. I know a lot of people love that calendar. I like seeing the list of events. I like scrolling through and doom scrolling late at night. (laughs) It's like online dating. They don't let you swipe left or right, but you can figure out who you want to date in the coming up year. Yeah, that's really cool about what you got going there on your uh, website sale. But I wanted to also take this opportunity to talk, uh, give a little bit of news about our sponsors. So um, I know, Will, you're not on the board of NAIA anymore. No. Nope, you have. I'm not. You stepped down. I did. And by stepping down, that means that I no longer feel bad about not attending the meetings. There you go. I just don't attend any meetings still. (laughs) So really no changes. I just, uh, yeah, You're, so okay. not on the board. All right. Well, got it. I do want to share some kind of new things going on with NAIA. Uh, we've got kind of a facelift going on. Right on. We're updating the whole look of our marketing. So there's a new logo. There's a whole new website that's about to get launched. And coming soon to a packet near you, 
will be this beautiful postcard telling you all about NAIA and, and kind of promoting some of the, the cool stuff NAIA is doing. So look out for that. Very cool. Yeah. That's nice. Uh, um, you know, and there are, uh, it does have a, a breath of fresh air, kind of the the board is getting a, a bit younger. So it's nice to see that kind of branding coming up. And I, I that's as I was out the door, I, I kind of checked in and, and saw some of the branding things and I was like, oh yeah, this is going in a really good direction. So I'm excited for everybody to see what, what NAIA is up to. Well, you like to use the expression smart guy. We're, we were smart guys this uh, go around here. Will we decided to hire somebody that is actually in marketing, Andy mm. Yucatel, uh, Reiko Yucatel's husband. That's his job. I mean, he's very cool. Website designer, marketing, and sat down with the board, talked about kind of our, our vision for what we want to communicate. And he translated that into a whole layout. And it's beautiful. So look look forward to that, everyone. Very cool. I'm excited about that. Uh, also, uh, as far as sponsor news goes, Zap Location, Zap is still doing their survey. Mm-hmm. So get your voice heard on that. You can see it right as soon as you go to zaplocation.org, right up there at the top of the kind of splash page. They're asking for uh, your input. Right. So make sure you check that out. And it's good. I mean, it's like if you have the opportunity to express your experience, Take it. I mean, if there's something you yeah, want to communicate, I, the, then do. Absolutely. And if uh, if you're not the type that to fill those things out, then you especially are the type that they want to hear from. Because I, I, I typically feel like it's almost like polling. Mm. You know, when the polls get all so screwed up, it's like, well, you're missing the entire audience of people that don't like polling. Right. So that's why it all gets screwed up. So be loud and proud about it. Uh, Douglas and I have both gone on there and filled that sucker out. It's super easy. Just take you a couple of minutes of your time and and uh, just do it while you're procrastinating um, yeah. your uh, your next application on online. So so check it out. So like sure. like Will said, you can click the the banner at the top of the page, or I will have the the direct link in the episode notes, so you can just open it up on your phone and. And click now. What Douglas, you've mentioned those episode notes a couple of different times. Yeah. Um. Where Where does one find those episode notes? Is it on the uh, just where you stream the show? Is that what you're you're looking yeah, at? Yeah. Whatever your whatever your podcast service is, if you open it up and hit see more information, it'll open ah, up so a page information with, about that particular episode. Yeah. It'll talk about the guest that's there, what we're going to talk about, links. Yeah. All that good stuff. So. Check that out. And while you're filling uh, stuff out and you're in a big filling stuff out mood, drop us a review and uh, let people know. The more people that review the show, the more people that hear about the show. Right. So uh, we have had quite a few listeners uh, over our time. We have had 50,000, over 50,000 listens mm. to our show. So uh, that is that's that's been pretty exciting. A little, little benchmark for our little podcast that could. So thank you out there for listening to the, yeah. to the broadcast. We gave ourselves a little pat on the back at that point. I mean, that was a... Was a kind of a nice, uh, a nice achievement, don't you think? Absolutely, I think so. Yeah. yeah. So speaking of those fifty thousand uh, listens, a lot of those questions and, and comments and things that our guests make, while Douglas and I are putting these things together, a lot of times we don't have time to go back and talk about some of the things that were said and uh, some of the interesting points that some of our guests have made. Mm-hmm. So. We thought we'd take the opportunity this week to kind of rewind the tape on on the past episodes and and review and comment upon some of the things that that our guests have said. So uh, do you want to kick us off, Douglas? Sure. I mean, there's a lot of times like we've had to record our preambles just for timing's sake ahead of the recording. And so when I'm yeah. editing the interview, I'm thinking to myself, oh, my God, I wonder what Will thinks about that. Or, oh, I wonder what he would th- what he would say about that. <laughs> right. and, and so I've kind of gone back through the last year and pulled out some of the points that we've, you know, that we've talked about with our guests. But I don't know that we've actually addressed with each other. No. Yeah. We never really get the chance. It's funny. We have some uh, things in the can where I'm like, oh, what a wonderful talk you just had with so-and-so. And like, you haven't even talked to him yet. <laughs> like, they're still, like, you still at this point haven't interviewed him. But you can you can pretend. You can um, you can put me through AI and make me say just about anything you want at this point, right? You're telling all the secrets, Will. <laughs> I got him. I'll lay it. It's a break down the third wall, Douglas. All right. So uh, what's the first uh, first one you want to kick off? What, what's the first first person here? Okay, so this last year... We had three guests 
who brought up The Hero's Journey by Joseph Campbell. Yeah. I've never read it. Have you read have you read it? Uh I drank a lot. I can't remember. <laughs> can't rem- I can't remember. <laughs> no, wait. I, I kind of, but who? No, I I have read it. Absolutely, I have read it. Okay, well, I I, I get the, the theme, which is like the yes. idea that, which seems really fitting within our kind of career that we do, where it's like these, these, these shows and creating this body of work and the travel, it really does feel like we are kind of putting ourselves out there right. and kind of like throwing ourselves out there to faith and fate, right. I guess. But like Trey and, and and Lisa, Christine and Patricia, they all they are all kind of talking about searching for their body of work and relating it to to that. The hero's journey. The hero's yeah, journey. I mean, it, it, it basic. Yeah. Basically, the hero's journey is. I mean, it's going to resonate with you all as you define it, because it's it's Joseph Campbell's theory, which it describes the common hero's narrative. So somebody sets out on a journey. Uh, they have a transformative adventure and then they come home. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, what are we <laughs> freaking doing it every weekend? Right. Exactly. As long as you got your eyes and your ears and your heart open. I mean, you can you could you have the opportunity to have those journeys pretty frequently doing what we do. Last episode, you know, behind the scenes, we kind of struggled to have a conversation about what we do because we were so in the weeds with just getting ready to get off to the next one. You know, the the list was just insane. And it was kind of hard to be kind of introspective about what we make and connecting with other people. But there is just something about that interaction out on the road that is like yeah. food for me. I mean, it is it's a spiritual kind of um of a replenishment. Is uh so when you're talking about that as far as how you guys tick, are you talking about the people that come to see your work or is are you talking about uh the people that you see on a on a, a semi-regular basis, the artists? The artists. Well, I, I wasn't thinking about the artists. That is a component, the social aspect for yeah. sure. But I feel like the interacting with collectors who who get so excited about what we all do. I don't want to just say it's like me, yeah. but what we do, it's the source that makes me want to come home and keep working. I don't know. What is that that experience like for you? Um, you know, it's it's twofold. I mean, I do find that during the winter months when I when I don't have a lot of shows and you know, I've got that introvert, extrovert personality where when I'm left alone, I really want to be left completely alone to make work. Mm. And that can go for days and days on end and sometimes weeks if I'm if I'm lucky. I really only just want to see my wife and kids and that's it. And mm-hmm. then at the end of that, I'm like, man, I need somebody to respond to this work and tell me whether they like it. And, and it's like, I haven't been told I'm great in a while. Need to get on the road. Yeah. And then you could also go to these shows and it's especially damning to, to the, the ego mm-hmm. when you have gotten ready for a show that's been good in the past. And then you go and you fall flat mm-hmm. and you're like, oh, my God, not only did it not give me what I needed, it took away from me what I had to keep me going. Mm-hmm. So. That's a danger that I've found myself falling into, um, you know, just the ups and downs of, of this industry. And mm-hmm. sometimes you're the opening act, which I've I've said before, and, and you're the opening act to somebody else's great show. And they got to they got to have somewhere to walk on the way to somebody else's booth. And it just happens to be your 10 by 10. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a tough business. And to to keep your heart open and keep making good work when you know you think it's it's good and you've had kind of a shit weekend man i feel like i'm one show away from from despair it's <laughs> all times and, and self-loathing yeah um it's it's tough to to keep it going and i know you didn't necessarily ask that with this question but that's that's just where it happened to be and yeah i want I, I want us to kind of just go with it wherever wherever it happens you know because i right. i know exactly what that feeling you're talking about where you just, you know, you suddenly feel like you're in a slump and you need those, mm-hmm. those, whether or not they buy or not, but you need that, that's something to push up against. Like, okay, I'm not like missing the mark here. You know, the, the enthusiasm right. is, is, is like so needed for what we do. Absolutely. And sometimes it means that like St. Louis, uh, one of my favorite parts about the show has nothing to do with the actual show, but the fact that there is 
a central hotel. Like typically mm. we go to these shows and there are multiple hotels and options for you to stay. This particular one happens to have a great restaurant and there's it's kind of one of the only ones and it's got a great bar and pretty much every night and especially Sunday night mm. there there is just a huge get together of people and and it just means a lot to to be able to walk in and you know you get to to drop in for 5 minutes and talk to David Bierstrom and his, his husband Bill or you get to see Amy and Phil uh come in and and get a chance to talk to them I think Phil Crone had, had posted something on on Facebook about he just posted kind of open ended god we're lucky mm-hmm. you know and that's where it does feel lucky and I did get a boost from that of just talking getting a chance to to see Phil and and talk to him again in in the lounge and get a chance to talk to some of these other um Gina you know, James and Carrie Pierce were in there mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um my my lovely wife and I got to go and we got to bring the dogs cuz it's nice a dog friendly hotel so I got to go to a party with some of my very favorite people and bring my dogs which yeah. is amazing you know well not only being just like centrally located when I checked out, I actually thanked the front. I'm like, please pass on to the sales team. Thank you for giving us a decent rate. You know, I mean, right. it was it, it made it so that we could be there. It made the show easier to do. Well, I didn't I didn't want to thank the front desk because the bartender was a. Oh, really? God, she was terrible. <laughs> oh, no. We were spending so much money with these people. And, and it's such a great party. And every time you go to 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 refill your libation. Um, the hospitality industry has become less hospitable. Let's just say. <laughs> oh, totally. It's like they just they feel like they're doing you a favor, and I guess they are, but they're getting paid for it, and, and we're paying I them if they are, have like, a good attitude about it. So, yeah, I guess I just don't like young people anymore. <laughs> well, get off my a lawn. sign of that long gray beard growing in, right? <laughs> yeah, my it's what I was talking to Eric. Oh, this is amazing. Got to tell you a quick sure. story about St. Louis, really quick. I, I was luck, lucky enough to have. Erica Iman and her uh, lovely husband Eric and and uh, their little one yeah. right behind my booth and and what great booth neighbors but um they have they typically travel in a double booth mm. or when given the opportunity St Louis is one that won't allow you to have a, a double you just have a single no matter whether you have two bodies or whatever everybody you know even playing field everybody gets a ten by ten corner they brought their single booth but they brought their double booth tent top so it was totally business on the front and party in the rear their booth had a mullet. <laughs> <laughs> they even tied it off in the back with a big ponytail. So that was like everybody Lovely. uses their back storage for storage. <laughs> they had to use it for their booth mullet. <laughs> so um, I'll I'll post that on our Facebook page because with their permission, I took a little snapshot of their their booth mullet. That is hilarious, um, honestly. Yeah, really good stuff. But it I did used to say this uh, when I was younger, man, because I've been doing this for twenty years. Mm-hmm. And when I first started to get into it and I'd start to get like all salty about certain things. And yeah. I, I I had this joke that I, I could feel my ponytail growing in. Yeah. Because every one of those salty artists were just like, hey, here's another reason this show's sucking. You're not going to be a young man for long. And it's like you can just feel. <laughs> right. You can feel that that salt and pepper ponytail growing in. But there you go. Um, yeah. <laughs> they they had one, man. They definitely they had they had it. Well, uh, speaking of. um. Erica Iman, one of the conversations that we had in her episode was the whole idea of of risk. And specifically, what we were talking about was making of the work. You know, that idea of you you push the line without crossing right. the line. Like you, you it needs to be kind of risky, like I could lose this at any minute. And then sometimes right. we do. I mean, do, do you ever have that? reality in your work yeah and you know there are shows that i feel like are more receptive to to different avant-garde kind of mm-hmm. your your weird stuff mm-hmm. and there are shows and that i you know they they typically will gravitate towards those and plaza i feel like is one of them i feel like you can get pretty weird at plaza if you have the time mm-hmm. or it's a good opportunity to showcase some some different work a lot of these shows are well cherry creek st louis plaza a lot of these kind of bigger shows a lot of times will be those those markets for the you know they give you the opportunity to showcase some of your your different stuff and you know sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't so when you think of risk you're referring to kind of like subject matter maybe a, a topic that might be a little edgier or something for me mm-hmm. yeah 
I am. I am. And are, are, for you guys, it's probably more technique. It's phys- It's physical. It's definitely like if we heat the glass, you know, one second too long, it could just get away from us. And it's riding that line. If we stay back from riding that line, it just it yeah. loses its pizzazz. It loses that special quality about it. It's what I love about glass. It's like an adrenaline thing. I just live for it, honestly. Interesting. You know, I do have a tendency to rework or or to overwork my work. Mm. And uh, I've what I've developed over the years is a very, very clear steps mm-hmm. in my work. And I've talked about that on the show before. But as long as I'm following, you know, as soon as one step is over, I shut the door on that one. So I can maybe rework that first step. Mm. But um, once that one's done, I'm like, okay, I'm done with that on to step two. Mm-hmm. And as soon as I'm I'm done with the, like the five steps of the work, it's done. Mm-hmm. I'm never going back and, and reworking something completely. Well, I think that when I when I am in your booth and I'm looking at your work up close and all the detail, every little choice of yeah. all the all the things you add to your, your paintings. And I'm thinking there's just so many layers to it and so many ways to go with it. And I can yeah. I could see that if if I were you, I wouldn't know where to like stop. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, when is you it know, too it's much? funny. Like I try to say I say this to clients all the time, but it's part of my my spiel. Sure. So if I if I get into robot voice, then I apologize. But I do try to say as much as I can with as few shapes as possible. Mm. So it's like it's an illustration technique that I picked up in school mm. and kind of working through that. So that part of it, once I have that sketched out, I'm like, OK, now to simplify it with the black or with the ink. Mm. It's almost like comic book drawing. But but thanks. I, I But I do feel for other artists that talk about, you know, I, I can't remember whether it was Beth talking about Beth mm-hmm. Bajorski mm-hmm. or Mark Winter talking about his wife, mm-hmm. Beth Bajorski. It might have been Mark Winter, but I think he was talking. It could have been him talking in a private conversation, too, but he was talking about people just never really knowing. It's like, well, this this didn't work. I'm going to rework this. I'm like, well, how many times can you rework it? And it's like, well, it's endless. Mm-hmm. And that part in my own psychosis, in my own anxiety. Yeah. I have to have those finite steps or I'll never let a piece be. Yeah, you'll have five so. five paintings on top of a painting, right? <laughs> well, yeah, and you can see a spot in an illustration style like I've got that uh, you can see where I've reworked something because I have to go back in and paint, you know, take the gesso out and repaint it white on top of it. And so the layers no longer mm. shine through. So mm. yeah. um, anyway. Well, another element of risk that, we addressed a lot this year was the like the physical risk. I mean, look at like David Mayhew going out and chasing tornadoes to get his artwork or Lisa Christine doing her human rights activism with slavery, with with documenting slavery or or even like Ray hopping on a raft and fleeing Cuba. I mean, these stories were just like so... Not crazy, but just like intense. Are you saying they have they have more risk than than uh, me putting some gesso on a guy I, that I didn't like? Those guys, it, I really, I really admire them. Yeah, I really admire that. I, I do too. And uh, I, I meant to talk to Lisa Christine. I saw her at the little St. Louis Sunday party, and I meant to to go over and speak to her, and I didn't. So if I if I came off, um, she's so in, she's so interesting and she's so intense that mm. I I kind of I got scared. <laughs> I didn't want to talk to her. I got scared. And, I did. I got scared. I didn't say hi. I, I said, I'm right there with you. Is, and I told her this. So this not isn't. A, she's not scary. She's just like she's so cool. I told like, her at Sun cool. Valley. I said, I'm sorry. I get a little like tongue tied. I'm a little intimidated. And she said, Stop it. You stop it right now. And she gave this big hug. She is so <laughs> I just, approachable. <laughs> I, I think I came off the, like sometimes you know you do that and they're like God. I think I just big leagued you. Oh. You know. And I'm like that's my. I'm like God. I I just that's a, that's my biggest fear. I don't want to go and be like, yeah, what an asshole. Yeah. You know, I just like, I'm, I'm the least bit trying to do that. I try to be as kind as I can, but sometimes I'm scared of the lady and I want to talk to the lady. Little, She's maybe me. A little scared, scaredy cat. Her works better than me and it's more interesting as she takes the risks. Yeah. And I just so little dudes so. on my pieces. I just put a little guy. Anyway. Anyone who's right. into those um, stories, you should you should go back and listen again or listen for the first time. Those those three artists had some very interesting stories about risk. So cool. Well, another thing about, you know, risk is 
is kind of the physical challenges that a lot of our guests, myself included, you included. I mean, we all have been going through all these physical struggles over the last number of years. And those talks were pretty powerful with Kat Tesla, Oliver Hampel, and Anthony Hansen. I feel like uh, I had such a minor fixable uh, thing. Mm Mm-hmm. That uh, it, it's such a minor. Actually, you know, here not to talk about you know me, 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 but if you're if you're in the least bit a football fan, yeah. uh, Aaron Rodgers had a Achilles snap, and they've got it on slow mo, and you can watch the Achilles go boing in oh. his leg, and it just you can see that's exactly what it is. So Did anybody he go down like the flounder like, on a dock, like you said you were absolutely flip flopping all over. He was much more of a man about it than he was. <laughs> Heck, help me. I just, ha. Ah. He had all, he had other muscles to draw from, but he, he hopped on the cart and was just like, nope, get the cart and he can't walk. So oh, that, that was interesting. Yeah. Walking around on a flippy, floppy, daffy duck foot. But so many of our artist friends, um, Kat is just a goddamn inspiration every day. Every time I've, I've listened to that show, um, she's incredible and her, her cancer, uh, battle her and her husband too, because what a what a good supportive dude he is. So so um, that's an incredible episode. Absolutely, and Oliver going through the next round. Oh um, my gosh! Right for sure. His his brain aneurysm. We've we talked about that. Yeah. But the thing that I um, that I took away from all of that was what our what Anthony Hansen had to say, and that was how little it takes as humans to show empathy to somebody who's having a hard time. Absolutely. And that makes all the difference yeah. in the world. Yeah. Empathy is what it's all about. And and even anybody just kind of going through, you know, whether they're going through either side of a divorce or it's just a little bit of empathy goes a, a very long way. And uh, how are you doing, by the way? We haven't talked about your your uh, your foot. It's been a year since you've had your surgery, maybe a little bit over. It's crazy because we are coming to like the year anniversary of it. And I am having all of these kind of like moments where I'm, it's like a, full circle thing. Like I'm having memories of last year when I had to get, I had to pull myself off the road and I had to prepare for my my ankle to be completely rebuilt. And up until about a month ago, I was questioning if I made the right choice because I was worse off than before the surgery. Right. And so it's been a long road. So where do you stand? Not, hmm. Where do I stand? But what do you do? Where do you stand? Honestly, some it, it's like the, the, the clouds have parted and I'm not the, 100% there yet, but I am so much yeah. closer. I'm better now than I've ever been on this ankle. And I am really starting to feel hopeful and positive. So that empathy that people that I was talking about, that people have shown me, it, it's gotten me through. And wow. I finally feel like I'm at the point where, okay, the show season is done, and now I can start focusing for the first time in a couple of years on innovating and starting to do the things that Renee and I have had to put on hold in the studio, and we can actually start trying new things. It isn't just like sticking the thumb in, in the hole in the dam, you know? It's, it, right. it's finally a creative period again. So I'm looking uh, forward to that. That's incredible. I'm really, really happy to hear that. I remember back at um, just Old Town mm-hmm. in June in Chicago and you having a really hard time because of the slope of the street oh, and me not even, I'm like, I, I was worried about you at that point mm-hmm. because I didn't feel like that that street was that slope. Mm-hmm. Like I'm like that, this one is, this was, this is not bad. How is, how's my buddy going to be when he gets to Park City? Mm-hmm. Um I just I was worried about you at that point. So that's fantastic to hear. And and I haven't you know, I remember right before the the uh, operation and, and having some conversations with you about uh, innovations and different ways you want to take some wall pieces and, and things. So I'm excited for for you and Renee having her her partner back yeah. too, and, and getting some of that, too. So, yeah, um, that's that's fantastic. And the news. good thing is I was talking to Mark Lewanski about this, where you know how. I don't know if it's different for people who work in a more three-dimensional and with materials, Mm -hmm. whatever, but when you kind of feel like you've got like a new body coming or new kind of where it involves experimentation with the materials, yeah, that this time period that we're giving ourselves is really, it's an investment in your future. I mean, you kind of have to step back from what you can produce regularly to experiment and see where is this going to take us. Yeah. And 
And where, you know, I'll, I'll say this, too, because sometimes those those steps that we take are not um, I did a, a series that was not successful on the street. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it just didn't didn't end up flying off the off the shelves like I wanted it mm-hmm. to. But I did have to learn how to paint a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in that instance, the other pieces that I make are stronger. Mm-hmm. So, it, it, you know, I, while I'm not thrilled with the results of the one series, um, I got to I got it out of my system and I'm I'm on to something else. So, cool. um, yeah, I, I do feel like sometimes you're going to learn something whether you wanted to or not. And, and it may not always be the case. It's not like a direct correlation, like maybe the thing that you've dreamed up. Right. The energy you put into that might actually benefit a different body of work. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and it sometimes it, it takes uh, another artist to. I remember Jay McDougal came into my booth. He was another one of my neighbors. Mm. Um, God, we had a great neighborhood. Mm. Um, totally. I was right next to my wife, and then like in our quadrant, we had Erica Iman, Jay McDougal, my wife, and myself. So I, I was like, it. I couldn't have been happier with that. And then like right across the way, I was sharing space in my quadrant with Michael Paul Cole, oh, yeah. amazing photographer mm-hmm. and found object frame maker, and j- honestly, just one of the gentlest dudes sure. to talk to mm-hmm. you know just his voice makes you um i got to get him on the podcast if we can Absolutely. that would be awesome because his i mean he's he just like okay zen and the art of of being that guy yeah so um let's see what we can do on on that end right um For sure i'd love to hear her talk but, yeah, with him talk, podcast wish list <laughs> all right go. we'll add it to the list <laughs> um and then kind of moving on to another topic we've covered over the year is most recently with Marlena Rose, about this idea of high-end, highbrow galleries and feeling like the art show world the, that we do, the art fairs and stuff, maybe doesn't fit in, like, how they can navigate the two together, you know? So yeah. we've got, like, uh, Kirsten Stingle and, and Tom Wargen. They also talk about doing, like, you know, Art Miami and doing the high-end galleries but then how we can navigate working in this world. Right. What are your thoughts on that? Um, what just keeping it balanced and 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 trying to do different different things. And um as far as that goes, mm-hmm. and correct me if this isn't what you asked, but <laughs> I'll be I'll be a politician about mm-hmm. it and just answer the question that I wanted you to ask. Well, it's open ended. So asking. honestly, just wherever um, it takes let it. somebody else do the heavy lifting. The galleries that I am involved with, let them if they want to do the big shows. Mm-hmm. I've had a couple of them come to me in the in the past and be like, hey, are you interested in this? If I apply to this show as the gallery, would you be able to um, help be a force with that? Mm-hmm. And I'm like. Absolutely. You know, what time of year, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I can I can supply you with work for that. And I'm I'm on board. Mm-hmm. That's going to be tricky, too. Like it's it's um, OK. Well, I don't want to pay for the booth, um, but I will uh, supply my work still at the 50 percent. And you do with my 50 percent that you're taking whatever you want to do. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like if you want to do Sofa or uh, Art Basel or something like that um i still am going to i'm still going to want 50% of my my sale price mm-hmm. even if it's the only piece that sold in your $25,000 booth yeah. you know what i mean yeah i still want the $1500 from the $3000 painting right. so i don't know i'm more into letting somebody else take the risk and let that be part of their calculation yeah i do i i i hear you there and I, and i like what marlena was saying about how when she came out of art school and she had thought to be a serious, respected artist, she was going to go the gallery route. And when she had her entry on art fairs, she felt that sense of tension, that sense of, I don't mm-hmm. do that. And she felt kind of snobby about it. You know, well, I don't do that. But now she has worked her way into that market and she has found a way to keep both worlds happy and to be funnels that she is satisfied with. And I think that that is really, really a cool way to to look at that. So if anyone is struggling with how do I navigate art show world with fine art gallery world, she was a good one with a lot of input on that one, I thought. Right. That is a a really good uh, part of her talk. Um, Yeah. And I know I didn't really answer your question, but I do do have a hard time 
like the the one gallery that I really do love is run by another art show artist. So I don't ever run in. They know exactly what I do because they come from this world mm-hmm. and entered that world. So I don't really have to answer those questions. I'm I'm lucky in that uh, respect. I like that that they come from this world. And I like that what you're saying about, you know, as artists, we get to curate who we work with. You know, some galleries, if they put restrictions or something on us that isn't comfortable for us in our business model, kind of coming back to what we talked about earlier in, in this episode, is saying no to them is okay, that there's strength in that. And it's cool that yeah. she knows or this other gallery knows what your experience is, and it maybe makes for a better working relationship then. It does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's really funny. I was looking for a Chuck Close quote okay. to tell you about about artists saying no. And instead, I came on a, a Warren Buffett quote that, that almost says the same thing. And it's almost like, um, you know, I've talked about different musicians and, and musical artists talking about the, the important thing being the space between the notes. Yeah. This is like the difference between successful people and really successful people is that really successful people say no to almost everything. Wow. And that's a Warren Buffett quote. Oh so um, I'll, I'll skip the uh, Chuck Close. I mean, because don't we have to be a little Chuck Close and a little Warren Buffett in order to be any any kind of success? Uh, isn't that the yin and the yang? I vacillate between that because then there's this other school of thought where they're like, say yes to everything because you, we might be afraid to step into something unexplored if we, if we, you know, our, if our first reaction is to put up a wall. So, I mean, I don't know. Well, I guess you have yeah, to feel it. in creativity, yeah. I think that, that you have to say yes to your own create, creative process. But when somebody's asking for your time, you it's go. like, I think it's a lot easier to say no. Mm. You know, it's a lot easier to say, no, that's not my, oh, can you do this? Can you do that? So I can you, uh, I see your style. Can you do this comic book illustration? Can you do this? I'm like, nope, 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 nope. Yeah. Can you do my T-shirt? Um, the only thing I say yes to almost every time is uh, album art. Oh. I love doing album art, and I typically do it for free. Okay. So that's I just like it. Unless it's going to, you yeah. know, I mean, the stones haven't come knocking. Uh, <laughs> I'd probably, you yeah. know, I'd, I'd charge them. Actually, you know what a stones fanatic I oh, am? Of course. Yeah. Their new album art. They got a, a new album coming out in October. Oh, wow. Their new album is art. The art is shit. It's terrible. Oh. It's some of the worst album art I've ever seen. I would have given it to him for free. You know, talk about exposure. Oh. Good God. Talk about understanding the assignment. And, yeah. And, oh, man. Well, I've never... It's just like this digital AI looking oh. shitty airbrushed 90s. That's hard Adobe when your heroes are, crap. are not you know, living up to the album art as you would want them to. Oh, God. I just, yeah, hopefully the album's better than the album art. Good God. Well, the I've never said this to somebody who comes in and wants a special glass piece, like when they they will want something from us and they say we do exactly what they want. And when I get to the end of what they're describing, I'll be like, the only thing in common with what they're describing to me is that it's glass. You know what I'm saying? It's like, right. And I'm like, well, what exactly about my work do you like, except that the the material I'm using is what you're looking for? <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, you asked me a couple of different times over the show, uh, if does anybody say anything stupid to you? And I don't know why I've been drawing a blank, but I'm like, eh, whatever. I guess I just stopped dwelling yeah. on it, but. I remember one in particular, this guy came into my booth and he saw that he was, uh, you know, he saw my booth sign and, mm-hmm. uh, oh, Richmond, Virginia, it's where I lived for most of my life. And, and uh, he's like, Richmond, Virginia. Oh, man, I love Civil War art. And I was like, OK. <laughs> and he's like, uh, yeah, that's what that's what you do. I was like, no, uh... <laughs> that I've never, never. And he's like, yeah. Civil War art. Totally. It's just really, I was like, okay. He's like, can you, uh, so this is what you do when you you paint the Civil War? I'm like, I've never like, Dude. ever painted the Civil War <laughs> at all. I I hate, actually. And he was like, what? I was. He's, you're from Richmond. I was like, yeah, I don't, I hate Civil War art. I've never, yeah. I will never. He's like, well, would you do a, a thing like with the uh, like a Robert E. Lee, and I'm like, <laughs> like dude, no, <laughs> I will not. I will not paint a Robert E. Lee. I actually did have an idea. That's whatever. I I did like during um 
the demonstrations, Black Lives Matter demonstrations okay. and, and George Floyd yeah. uh, demonstrations. I had an idea to kind of honor that movement. Yeah. And it just wasn't my story. I just couldn't do it. Sure. You know, it's like I, I kind of wanted to do, I don't know, I wanted to, t- uh, to team with a graffiti artist. And then like they were like, um, no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I got a lot of people I talked to, they were like, no, that's that's not what I do. And I'm like, perfect. Good. Yeah. Perfect. Just say yeah, no. Just say no. All right. And then to, to, yeah. to kind of wrap up our episode here is the conversations that we had with people like, you know, Duke Clausen or, or the, the Zachmans or Amy Flynn. Yeah. There's just they have so many stories from the road. And I just feel like I mean, that I mean, there's so many reasons we do this podcast. And the cool thing with our conversations really is kind of like sharing amongst ourselves those outrageous stories that, you know, you just can't make the shit up. You know? <laughs> no. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I totally get it. It's funny. I mean, you really can't. And it's I don't know. A lot of it keeps keeps you going and a lot of it kind of beats you down. But, uh, man, just keep keep saying no, people. It's uh, <laughs> it, it'll it'll get you there. Right. That's right. Well, Will, this has been a fun kind of look back and end of the summer kind of wrap up of of the season and it's been kind of a really good talk i'm really happy we had it yeah it's been a good year uh, for the most part and and a lot of times this this thing has kept me going so i appreciate you sir and and thanks for doing all the work that you do on on the show you as well um mm-hmm. folks we've got a lot of exciting things coming up as we get back into our studios and and uh, some really fun people to talk to some and information and and inspiration and and that's what we're trying to do as well as a a couple laughs so uh thanks again for tuning in and uh we'll see you in a couple of weeks all right see you in the streets of kansas city speaking of plaza what do you think they're going to drink out of this year uh is it fish bowls or uh, camel pack fish bowls Uh, maybe just at this time just like a wheelbarrow (laughs) i think they're going to be buying sigworth glass vessels and they're going to be filling those full of margaritas or whatever though there you go fill them with hooch put (laughs) a straw in that get it done all right douglas we'll see you next time all right take care This podcast is brought to you by the National Association of Independent Artists. The website is naiaartists.org. Also sponsored by Zapplication. That's zapplication.org. And while you're at it, find us on social media and engage in these conversations. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast to be notified when we release new episodes. Oh, and if you like the show, we'd love it if you would give us your five-star rating and offer up your most creative review on your podcast streaming service. See you next time.